Who's on second? Who's on first? What base do you want to talk about? I'm going to get in a lot of trouble here. You play to win the game. We're in here talking about practice. At home, they call me Big Al, and I hit dingers. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Come after me! They're comedians, they're sports fans, and all-around degenerates. It's the Who's On First podcast with your hosts, Matt Marin and Anthony Passaretti. I'm a man. I'm 40. All right. We're here. Another episode of Who's On First. Uh, this is our fifth episode, I think, with Snow Sports. <laughs> We're still managing to get it going, which yeah. is uh, impressive. Uh, I guess to start out today... Um, we should introduce well, ourselves. <laughs> we should. Uh, my name's Anthony Passaretti. They know that. What is this, episode 40-something? It's everyone's yeah. first episode. All right, That's so this, I'm Anthony I'm, Passaretti. Yeah, yeah, and I'm Matt Marin. If this is the first episode you're listening to, it's probably not a great sign. Um, but yeah, yeah we or, are... Or, or, we, welcome. <laughs> We're taking a break from uh, – we've been doing the sportscaster bracket for the last few weeks, and uh, we're down to our final four. But before getting to the final four, there's actually been a decent amount of sports news, even though there are no live sports. Yeah, there is. There's, it's you know nothing major. I guess the biggest news story right this second is that one of the major sports is coming back in two weeks. Major yeah. is arguable. It's NASCAR. But it is <laughs> – one of the bigger things in America, and on May 17th, they're going to have, like, a for-real Sprint Cup race, and then for the course of the next 11 days, there's going to be three more. Yeah, that's um, – are they going to have an audience for it? It seems like, yeah. All right, we'll see how that works out. I don't know if they're going to actually be able to do it. Um, I think they're going to get to do the first one and maybe the second one, and then there's going to be this – massive push to like get it to stop because if there's no cases like if the races happen and no one who goes to the races gets sick then i think maybe more things can happen but the first time one person gets sick at one of these things it's going to be like a media storm i wonder what's going to happen with kyle larson the nascar driver (laughs) who dropped the n-word like it's already old news maybe this is the perfect time to do it during a pandemic where no one's going to really remember it after a couple days i was thinking the same thing i was actually trying to like google like even in like or look through the comments of the nascar's coming back and no one said kyle larson's name he might actually be able to the problem is though the second someone sees him they're like oh yeah you said the the n-word that one time (laughs) and he's gonna he's gonna get in trouble again but all the different ways people are trying to bring back sports is interesting. I read an article that uh, the WNBA and the NBA both turned down Las Vegas. They were going to give them a full block of the strip to live on and play on for like four months. And they turned it down? Yeah, they said no. They didn't think it was good. The, the players didn't want to like live in a cage in the middle of Las Vegas for four months <laughs> playing yeah. basketball. I guess that makes <laughs> Which sense. Is, yeah, it's like kind of understandable when you think about it like that. And then the other like sports coming back stuff is uh, Taiwan has been playing baseball. Yeah, or was it, wasn't it South Korea or Taiwan also now? They, they are both of them. Taiwan's league is a, a bigger, more followed league at the like internationally, it seems like. And two things about it. They're playing for cardboard cutouts, which looks ridiculous. Yeah, you were telling me about that. The cardboard cutout fans in the audience. But also they had a brawl. They had a fight. They had a benches clearing brawl. So the entire idea is to like no fans keep everybody apart and both teams piled on the fucking pitcher's mound. In my, <laughs> head, they, in my head, they end up hitting their own teammates because even they can't tell each other apart. 
<laughs> you know, that's what the jerseys are for. The red and blue. It makes it oh, okay. very, very, very easy. Um, yeah, but that's, it was just so funny to me that it's like the, the people who are running the thing are like, guys, what the fuck? Like, no, like, this is the one thing that you can't do right now. That's pretty and funny. They still managed to do it. So I those think, are all the sports coming back. Yeah, I'd say the biggest right news probably in the last uh, few weeks while we've been doing the Sportscast bracket was the NFL draft. Absolutely, and there's lots to talk about with the NFL draft. I have, I have this in the topics list as just the draft still sucks, and then a bunch of subtopics. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. Well, also fuck Roger Goodell when he comes out and does the. Let me get some. I, I feel like I want to feel at home. I want to get some virtual booze. So he has fans <laughs> on Zoom booing him and playing to it it's like the reason they boo you isn't because it's like a fun cool thing to do it's because you're <laughs> a fucking evil person that is kind of a badass move though like that is like the uh, that i think i agree with you when he did it i was like fuck you but at least he like under he's self-aware at least he's like i know people want to boo me did you happen to see the uh the screens behind him had all the fans and cheerleaders going, like, the uh, whole time. Yeah, and uh, so, like, when a team's pick would be up, their team would have the 16 boxes full. And there were a few teams who couldn't get enough people to fill all the boxes. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. The Chargers, the L.A. Chargers had these two fucking blank squares in there. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is also marks the first time I've remembered to call them the L.A. Chargers and not San Diego. <laughs> Yeah, true. That's still – I still think of them as San Diego. Yeah, because they didn't change the color scheme. They didn't change the name. They moved like an hour and a half up the highway. I don't really know California that well, but like – Yeah, and I mean there were some interesting picks. Uh, predictable that Joe Burrow was going to go number one overall. Yeah, do you think the Bengals are a playoff threat yet? Um, I don't – I wouldn't bet on it, but I wouldn't be shocked. Uh that uh, the Ravens probably are the favorites in that division. The Steelers mm. and the Browns. I still think the Bengals are the fourth team in that division. But you know, it's possible. Uh, it's been a while since it's happened where a rookie comes in and just blows the doors off the place. But it's possible. Um, I don't see it happening. But I wouldn't be shocked by anything. Yeah, uh, I again, yeah, I think they'd have to get a wild card if they were to get it. I don't know. I agree with you that Lamar Jackson and the Ravens were so good last. Like, people were talking about them being like for real Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. It's it's not just yeah. going to fall off right away. The Steelers are aging. The Steelers have a bunch of issues that they have to work out. If there was one yeah. team in there that I'd be confident, and the Browns, you know, history will tell you that they'll go slightly below five hundred <laughs> no matter what happens. Yeah. Um, it's. I mean, I still trust Mike Tomlin, and the Steelers just have such a kind of history that it's like I feel like they'll somehow find a way to. They could, or not necessarily they will, but they could somehow find a way to pull out a ten and six or nine and seven season. I was talking with two of my. Uh, they're twins. It's not like they're different people, but they're both huge Steelers fans, and they have been our whole lives. And I was asking, I was like, "Are you guys really like really Roethlisberger again? He's thirty eight. He's." so banged up he's got an entire career's worth of injuries and one of them made a point that i hadn't even thought about he's like ben is going to you're gonna have to drag him out of this league because he's made less money than every other quarterback of his era because he's never been in a national ad campaign since all that stuff happened yeah i've heard that ben roethlisberger doesn't take no for an answer yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but that's why he's so desperate because the people of Pittsburgh are the only ones that don't care about that shit. And he doesn't make 
any money anywhere else. So all of his money comes from Steelers fans and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like once he leaves Pittsburgh, he's like kind of a pariah a little bit. Yeah. So that I didn't think about it like that. And they were both like, no, we're all kind of, it sucks, but all Steelers fans are aware of this too. <laughs> that Like this is where he makes money and he can't go anywhere else. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I wouldn't count the Steelers out. It was an interesting draft overall. Tua going to the Dolphins, which, um, I guess you didn't know for sure what was going to happen, but that was, um, kind of the Dolphins had to be thrilled. Yeah. Yeah, they they still need a couple more pieces. The Bengals, though, after they got Burrow, released Dalton, signed by your Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys paid Andy Dalton before paying Dak Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess the checks are a little different in size, but that's still a weird look. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I think it's, um, I don't think Dalton is a bad quarterback. I think that may be them trying to get some leverage so that they don't have to pay Dak $40 million a year. Yes, absolutely. He also could be kind of like a, a mentor to a younger guy. And yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Andy Dalton and like the way he behaves. And he's kind of seems like a class act guy. The last thing he did in Cincinnati was donate like 40 grand to charity. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, like having him as a backup too, as just in case, uh, Andy Dalton's one of those guys as a starting quarterback. You're like, he's probably not the guy who's going to lead your team anymore. But as a backup, he's like one of the top backup quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, he has playoff experience. Like if your guy goes down and you need to – kind of like how the Eagles had when they had Foles and Wentz at the same time. Like they, they yeah. could really do damage there. And every time I think of Andy Dalton, I think when I was – I think it was 2016 – I'm in Treasure Island, the casino that's themed like a pirate ship in Las Vegas, and I'm playing poker, and I see Andy Dalton walk by, and my only thought was, why the fuck is Andy Dalton in Treasure Island? This is a trashy (laughs) casino. Like, why the fuck is he in a good one? Like, I get him being in Vegas, but every time, and he stands out. His hair is is different than most yeah. people's. (laughs) And uh, my Cowboys also, we got your favorite player in the draft, C.D. Lamb. Yes, C.D. Lamb, who uh, instantly endeared himself to football fans. He was on camera for five seconds, and everybody was like, that guy rules, because he stole his phone back from his girlfriend. Yeah, (laughs) incredible. Uh, The first time most people see C.D. Lamb, uh, uh, his girlfriend's looking at his phone for a second, and he just grabs it back really quickly, and Twitter went nuts over it. Because she did. She tried to be, like, sly about it. She was like, now's my chance. He just got drafted to the NFL. I'm going to see who else he's texting. He's like, nah. (laughs) Vigilant to the end. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, how do you feel about the Giants draft? Um, I was actually pretty psyched that they decided to try to boost up the O-line. Because Daniel Jones is somebody with talent. He's the only uh, rookie to throw for five touchdowns and no interceptions in a game. He did it really late last season. So he has talent. And Saquon is a really good player. So why not boost up the O-line? Because if you can get Saquon as a legit threat, you can give Jones some comfort and to let him sort of just develop knowing he has Saquon to carry the way. I liked the move. I You know, every, you know. They have to play the fucking games, but I like O linemen too because I yeah. was one before I lost a hundred yeah. pounds and yeah, it's um, all that stuff. Yeah, it. Uh, I, I was surprised to see Lamb fell to the Cowboys. I like what the Giants did. I really like that the Eagles fans need a receiver, uh, and so Eagles fans were furious when the Cowboys took C.D. Lamb. They were, yeah. Eagles. It's not. It doesn't take much to get those people going, but they were. They yeah. were heated for yeah. sure. Um, 
Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The Packers drafted Jordan Love. Yeah, which I if I was Rodgers, I'd be a little bit pissed. I mean, how is he the same age Brett Favre was when they drafted him? Yeah, now that's what everyone's saying. They're like, "Oh, now you know how Brett feels when you showed up." Yeah. It was a <laughs> I little I think he bit... might be a little younger. Yeah, I remember I think he might be a year draft. or two. I remember that draft uh, cuz it was Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers were the top two quarterbacks. And it was one of them was going to go number one. Alex Smith went number one. And then Aaron Rodgers dropped. It was like number 24 or something where the Packers ended up picking Aaron Rodgers. And it was like, this is a player who's a great quarterback, but you have Brett Favre. And it was about three years. And every year it was the talk of, uh, is Aaron Rodgers going to take over one day? And uh, Brett Favre wasn't ready to retire. It ended up playing with the Vikings and Jets, but... Yeah, it's similar situation now. But also, Aaron Rodgers, I think, is a little bit more injury-prone than Brett Favre had been at that time. Yeah, and I mean, it's really hard to compare like injury-proneness when you're talking about Brett Favre, a guy who like set a record for not missing games yes. <laughs> until Eli did it. So, and some I mean, of that is he... also the way the game was at the time. If uh, Brett Favre had some of the injuries he had that he played through back then in today's day, he would be taken out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He's a, but he is, you know, he was one of the most durable people there was. Uh, what else happened? Um, well, the Rob best Brown, th- I would say maybe the best thing about the draft is uh, the look into all the coaches chilling at home. Oh, yeah. The guy from Arizona became like a meme because he had such a nice house. Bruce Arians was lounging around. Um, it was uh, The Tennessee Titans had just a crazy cavalcade of random people in the background. Of, uh, I think it was Mike, of Mike Vrabel's uh, war room. It was a lot of fun seeing all the people chilling. There was a there was at least one or two times where I was trying to like look into the corners to see like who was like there was one guy who was sitting on the couch with just his family and the second he got picked you could see like a couple people in a hallway start to be like is it safe to like come out and celebrate like are you going to get like shit on Twitter cuz there's 40 people in this closet waiting to fucking have this party <laughs> with you so yeah. there's a couple of those that were funny and then um the only other draft thing was uh the Patriots Getting a kicker so late that turns out to have a fucking alt right tattoo. That yeah. was if any other team if any other team did it, it wouldn't be as funny to me. I think just the fact that it is the Patriots made it hilarious for me. Yeah. So I didn't even know you had to tell me. You showed me an article. The thing he got. What was it exactly? It was a. It was. Well, he's a three percenter. Three percenter, which is like the uh, it stands. It's a pro gun thing. Yeah. It, well, that's sort of like the. It, yeah, it's like a pro-gun thing, but it's, has, it's not... Yeah, it's a pro, it, yeah, it seems like it started off as a pro-gun thing that was then adopted by the alt-right, and now there's, like, Nazis in the group. Yeah, it's kind of like calling the KKK a social group. It's like, yes, but they have, they also do other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, nowadays, things change like that so quickly, where everyone knows that KKK is that thing. I never heard of the 3 percenter thing. I can imagine a guy who's, like, 18 years old, whose dad's in the military, who lives in, like, a southern state where guns are everywhere... And someone from, like, a friend of his, like, into guns and says, hey, here's a thing a bunch of guys with guns do. And he gets a tattoo, and then a month later he finds out it's a lot more than that. Yeah, I did the reverse of this once. I have a tattoo on my hip that's uh, 
it meant like something to me and about music and stuff, but I learned that the symbol of it comes from an Andrew Basquiat painting. So it's like very progressive of me. Like there's like a crown and an X in there that I've now learned stands for like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and all that. Like I, it's, it's, it's as close to black power as I could be getting with it still being about punk rock. And also (laughs) I, I feel, I feel for this dude a little bit also because, um, I have a Simpsons tattoo and Matt Groening was, uh, went to Epstein's Island. So, oh yeah, <laughs> I, yeah that that one's getting downplayed because it's not as fun to talk about as like Clinton or Bill Gates. But yeah. like, ew, I'm really yeah. fucking hoping that my my Millhouse tattoo doesn't become a hate symbol by the time I'm forty. Yeah, well, there's also <laughs> the the OK symbol is now like a white power thing. I hate that one because I used to like sarcastically do that, just like yeah, sure, fucking fine. <laughs> Yeah, I've accidentally the, done it once or twice, and now people are looking at you like, what the fuck? But there's times <laughs> there's times where people who are not aware of that online will do it, or someone will go to pose with someone and say, hey, let's all do the okay sign, and they do it, and then it's like, this guy's into white power. He's like, he probably had no idea what he was doing. Yeah, that one, I think there's still benefit of the doubt that you could be like, this is a fucking hate symbol? <laughs> like, really? Yeah. yeah, I think there's a... But that one is tough because it's like... They were always sort of alt-righty and, like, it's, you know, about keeping guns in the hands of the people that deserve guns, quote-unquote. It's, like, very, like, it's not, it was sketchy from the beginning. And it's a very big, bold place to get it. It's, like, my stupid little ones are, like, at the top of my ankle and on my hip. Like, you'd never know. Like, this dude has it on his fucking bicep. (laughs) Yeah, I'll cut some slack to a 17-year-old in a red state with a military family who maybe thought it wasn't that. I mean, who knows? Maybe he is a Nazi and we're just defending a Nazi right now. In which case... No, that's... um, it, it, that's what it, the, the thing that gets me is like if he did know, he'd be saying the same exact things. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and he and, says he's going to get it covered up. Whatever. It's like you know. Yeah. Um, that's uh, people who get big tattoos and hate them and then be like, "Oh, I'm going to cover it up." It's like with what? What are you going to get that's bigger than that that you like actually do like? It always. Well, it blows um, my mind. well, the uh, the guy from Tiger King who had Joe Exotic's property tattooed above his crotch got a giant bull over it. But like, not even. There's still the letters are still like leaking out. Like, that was well, a terrible cover up. Well, here's a um, uh, little bit of breaking news. Then, uh, for people who maybe didn't see, there is a um, a seventh episode of Tiger King that's out. That's just an interview with all the people afterwards, and they interview him, and he says. It wasn't completed yet. He is getting more to it that's going to cover everything up. On that note, what the fuck was Joel McHale doing on that? Joel McHale... Oh, you did watch it. Okay. Oh, I did. You know, Joel McHale had the worst, like, tone recognition of all time. He's, like, talking to that guy. He's like, yo, wasn't it crazy when that guy shot himself right in front of you? Like, with a big smile on his face and the other guy's like, "Uh, yeah, I guess it was pretty crazy. What the hell is this? Uh, Joel McHale... Filling out his Netflix contract, good for him. And then uh, the only other thing I've written down about the draft and the fallout of the draft is Gronkowski coming out of retirement and Edelman's on suicide watch. Yeah. (laughs) Gronkowski, who is still currently the WWE 24-7 champion, by the way. Which, yeah, you told, which I learned about from you a couple episodes ago. And I still think the cross promotion possibilities of Gronkowski scoring a touchdown and then having one of the WWE people come running out of the tunnel during his yeah. celebration, just amazing. Crossover yeah. opportunity of a lifetime. 
Yeah, it is a little bit weird because that championship was uh, featured on the show every week, and now they're just going to maybe wait until Gronkowski is in training camp or in an NFL game, whenever that ends up being. They could do a couple of videos of, of different champions trying to ambush him during training camp, and he yeah. gets them. He doesn't like, and they could build it up right to the season for this crazy cross promotion opportunity. I think they'd be crazy not to do that. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, I haven't seen any interviews with Gronkowski or anything. Has he talked about his thought process in coming out of retirement? I don't think he has a thought process ever. I think he just lives his life. Someone's like, hey, you're good at football. He's like, what? Really? Awesome. I'll play football now. And they're like, hey, do you want to sponsor a cruise? And he's like, that sounds lit. And they're like, do you want to do a Bud Light ad? He's like, yeah, yeah. I don't think he thinks about stuff. I think he heard Brady, Florida, warm weather. You know, he probably has a good deal where like, he only practices as hard or as much as he wants to. I think he's got like the cushiest football job in the world right now. Yeah, I guess it. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, it's. Why did you? Th- why do you think he retired then? Because uh, someone told him that was the best move at the time. Somebody, one of his managers, he probably had some injury or something, and somebody that made like deals with his money was like, "You're a bigger celebrity at this point." You're injury prone. Like we don't think that you're gonna get another Super Bowl out of this whole system. So you might as well just start cashing fucking checks. Cause he even like did that commercial with Vernon Davis, and now only Vernon Davis is retired. <laughs> like ironically. Yeah. <laughs> like, so Vernon I think Dave, he really Vernon Davis. Uh, if you don't know who Vernon Davis is, former tight end in the National Football League. Uh, for me, best known for setting off Mike Singletary and one of the best post game coach rants of all time. Cannot yeah, play story. with him. Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a uh, that's a great story. But uh, yeah, I think Rob Gronkowski is just one of those people that's like, uh, there's two really smart people controlling his money somewhere, and they'll just tell him like, hey, you know, you'll make the most money right this second if you go do this, and he's like, fucking lit, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's not that's uh, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, because he's not. I mean, the man. You know, he seems like a really nice guy, but he doesn't strike me as a genius. <laughs> That's putting it nicely. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it kind of is what it is there. And that's um, pretty much what I got for football. For the draft. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else really draft news. Um, the Chargers got a quarterback also. They're a uh, hopeful replacement for Phillip Rivers, Justin Herbert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, we'll, we'll we'll see about that. The Chargers yeah. have been a just had bad luck for yeah. quite a and long the, time. And the Kansas City Chiefs drafted a running back, and that was the thirty second pick in the draft. That's only one running back in the first round. It just the running back position has just kind of been less and less relevant to our lifetimes. Absolutely, yeah. The because even the college, yeah, college used to be a little more balanced, and now even that's all about just hucking the ball down the field and scoring sixty points. Like, I remember even playing fantasy football, it was always about you have to get running backs. And now it still is, but it's a lot of, like, you have to. But also, there's no, like, oh, my God, there's no Ladanian Tomlinson, Priest Holmes, Marshall Fox, or guys that you know are going to be the bell cows for the whole season. Oh, yeah. Oh, that kind of does remind me. Uh, Saquon Barkley lives in the town I grew up in and am currently in right this second. And he got in trouble with the local cops the other day for trying to jog on the high school track. During quarantine? Well, it's not not necessarily. He got in trouble specifically because he's like a draw. 
They were like, if any oh. other asshole goes jogging, nobody's gonna fucking gather. But if you if it gets known that you're working out on this like high school football field, people are gonna start showing up trying to see you. So they were like, go to your fucking mansion in the hills and fucking work yeah. out there, please. Saquon Barkley is a good example of like his rookie year. He had a great rookie year, one of the best rookie years ever for a running back. And next year, he's like what number one or two in picks and fantasy drafts because it's just outside of Christian McCaffrey and. Um, Maybe, I mean, yeah, Alvin Kamara kind of fell off a bit. It was like Christian McCaffrey is that bell cow running back. There used to be like four or five, and it's like, which of these four or five do you think is going to be the best one? Now, Saquon Barkley has one good year, and it's like, we got another amazing running back, and it's like, not necessarily. Well, I think people recognize that their shelf life is usually so short that it's you have to jump while they're good because you never know which year is going to be their complete drop-off year. It's not like QBs where they slow decline. Like, they fall off cliffs. Like, you could be an MVP candidate and then be a backup the next year. Like, But it's it just seemed like 10, 15 years ago, if you went from the year 2003 to 2008, the top running backs, there was a lot of them that were the same. Now, yeah. every two or three years, it's a whole new crop. We also might have just seen something like a golden age, like having somebody like Ladanian Tomlinson and Adrian Peterson in the league at the same time is, is maybe that was just special more so than people thought it was at the time. Yeah, I guess that's also possible. Uh, but even uh, even in the 90s and you go back 80s, like teams had a franchise running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a combination of everything we said, just like the emphasis on West Coast style passing, like all that different stuff. Yeah. Plus... The physicality of the game probably gets harder and harder every year. Like being a sure. power back, like remember how Brandon yeah. Jacobs was when the Giants won in 07? Like yeah. he, his whole job was just blow right through the line and get two yards so that Ward yeah. or Bradshaw could do the outside running. And yeah. uh, but, that you just can't I mean, survive like that. Yeah, three years ago, it was David Johnson, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Todd Gurley. Um, and only I think one of those is still standing as a top five running back. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting spot. It was always the spot that I like when I was playing, it seemed not thankless because you did get to score touchdowns and people like appreciate, but it felt the one that was like you get friggin' creamed every time you touch the ball. The odds of you not getting destroyed are pretty low. And people will blame you if you get like minus one yards, even though like you need all six offense, five to six, I guess if your tight end is going out, but you need all of them to do their job perfectly to even have a chance at being decent. Yeah. Like the QBs could sort of work back, get lucky. Not really in high school, but I always felt bad for the running backs. Every time they called a running back play that went right up the middle, which was 80% of our plays because we blew, um, they, just get, they just get destroyed every time. I felt bad for them. Yeah. Huh. Well, football is uh, – we'll see if it comes back ever. <laughs> yeah, we'll let's, see uh, if they come let's, back uh, in time. Let's break up the big ones with some uh, fun ones. Let's talk about Neymar's mom. Yeah, that was a crazy story. Yeah, okay, so if you're not familiar with who Neymar is, he's one of the best soccer players in the world right now. He's 23 years old. He's cashing those multi-million dollar checks, playing you know, club, international, the whole deal. His mother started dating a guy younger than him. He's 23 <laughs> years old. Started dating a guy younger than him. Turns out... He's a gay guy trying to get closer to Neymar, and he seduced Neymar's mother 
successfully enough to be in a public relationship with her. And then when he finally shot his shot, it blew up in his face and he lost yeah. them both. Uh, what a, what a ruse. Yeah. This dude is a sociopath. We should like run him for president. He's a fucking monster who's the most manipulative and smart dude in I, but, I don't, it's but, a bad I thing mean, to do, but we, damn. We already ran Pete Buttigieg. We tried a gay sociopath and it didn't work. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, that's, that's probably as good a riff on that as we're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> that's a crazy story. Imagine you're a gay guy and you, or even if you're, if I'm uh, anyone, if I see a hot female athlete, actress, whatever, and I think, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pretend to be gay so her dad is into me, and then I'm going to go and shoot my shot with the daughter. Here, Yeah, mm, that's, an, that's one plan. He, my, what my thought immediately was, was if I'm a different, like, let's say I'm 21, and I know that I have to play Neymar soon, and I know that his mom likes him young, I'm going to go fuck his mom and start talking about it on the field. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the way to go. Yeah, right? Like Absolutely. this guy should be kind of scared now that he knows his mom is like free free game for the other young in shape soccer players. Now you that's what kind what what kind of comeback does he have? Yeah. He's got nothing. His career is over. <laughs> Imagine being on a field and against someone and actually being able to say I fucked your mom and mean it. That's what I'm saying. Like that's that's you're the king of shit talk forever. Like even if you're not even that good, people you're gonna go down in the history books of your sports as the guy that fucked that other guy's mom. Has that <laughs> happened before? I feel like something like that's happened in sports before. Oh, uh, there's been like, there's been like relate, but like not solely out of spite or for shit talking. I think there's been like real relationships. Like um, the center for the Giants for a long time was married to Tom Coughlin's daughter. Okay, I know um, there was uh, two baseball players on the Yankees who swapped wives. I Yeah, this is a famously strange story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but wasn't that like a while ago? Wasn't that like the 70s? Yeah, it was in the 70s. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. I feel like I've heard a story about some athlete being with another athlete's mom or something like that. Oh, Delonte West and LeBron James. That's the famous one. What? Tell, I don't know this story. Apparently, Delonte West banged LeBron's mom. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm gonna. That's do been some like that up. was the rumor at the time, and um, there was a thing about Delonte and LeBron not getting along. And uh, uh, within the last couple of years, Stephen A. Smith on ESPN First Take talked about it and just said something about how Delonte West did something that broke trust with LeBron James but wouldn't say what it was. <laughs> and now, yeah. like, it, within the last year, Delonte West was, like, homeless on the street, like, had serious <laughs> mental health issues, and LeBron apparently offered to uh, help him out, said, get him to L.A., and I'll see what I, I'll try and help him. Um, but, uh, yeah, everyone online is just like, Delonte banged LeBron's mom. <laughs> oh man yeah that, that's hilarious i i should i, I should put that. a big allegedly on that i have no idea no first-hand information but uh that's yes. what the rumor is i didn't it, i didn't create the rumor uh, all right and uh, oh i do have one more thing in football there is a weird stat that got posted to reddit that just was blowing my mind Jameis winston through 30 
interceptions last year to 28 different players. Seven of them got contract extensions. So yeah. if you caught a Jameis Winston interception, you had a one in four chance of getting extra millions Damn. last year. So yeah. I was uh, that's just crazy. Twenty five percent of the people who intercepted him got contract extensions. Shout out James and Richard. Winston. Yeah, and Richard Sherman, the eighth person to make money off him, got a he hit a uh, contract milestone bonus. For interceptions off. Like, you you know how when you have your contract, like if you get this many INTs, you'll get extra money? He got his contract bonus off Jameis Winston. Nice. So that's uh, seven or eight uh, NFL players who now won't have to steal crab legs. Yeah, exactly. Somebody, the, the title of the post was Jameis Winston is the most charitable person in the NFL because collectively other people have made about $110 million off of his failures. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's pretty impressive. Pretty crazy. That's still my favorite story about him though is when he was in college, he got caught stealing crab legs. <clears throat> I, and I, and I hold, I, I, my feelings on that are I wonder how good the crab legs were because it yeah. changes the story. Like, were these top-notch five-star crab yeah. legs? Or, or were standing, you stealing – Or him standing up in the middle of campus yelling fucker right in the pussy. Oh, uh, that's what he's going to go down for forever. There's, he could throw a thousand more interceptions and people are still going to bring that up all yeah. the time. All right. Um, and now I guess one of the bigger stories – have you looked at the proposed division realignments for the Major League Baseball? So, yeah, now there's a set. I remember there was a proposed division realignment uh, based on uh, cactus and grapefruit leagues. Now there's a whole new one. I have it pulled up right here. So they would break it down into three 10-team divisions. You'd have the East consist of the Yankees, Mets, Red Sox, Nationals, Orioles, Phillies, Pittsburgh Pirates, Toronto Blue Jays, Rays, and Marlins. That would be the East, you said, or West? That would be the East. The big difference I really is it seems like you know you have your Central, you have your East, you have your West. They traded the Braves and Pirates. The Braves are in the Central and the Pirates are in the East. That seems strange. Yeah, the, the Central would be Cubs, White Sox, Brewers, Cardinals, Royals, Reds, Indians, Twins, Braves, and Tigers. Well, actually, and, geographically, I think Atlanta is further East than Pittsburgh is. It is further oh, so east. That's is. why yeah, it's so weird that they're oh, in the yeah. central. Never mind. Yeah, they switched it. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Pittsburgh isn't that far from like most of these other ones, like Cleveland, friggin' Cincinnati, friggin' Chicago. Like it, th- that made really no sense to me at all why the Braves would end up getting stuck in the central. The east is a weird division because it seems like the Yankees, Nationals, Rays and Phillies are the only ones that are going to be competitive this year in it. Yeah, you would think. I mean, this whole year is so crazy, it's hard to tell what's going to happen. Yeah, especially because they were also talking about making the playoffs, so like how the World Cup is. It'd be round robin with like multiple, like long rounds, and you'd, everyone would play everybody basically to get a record for the final yeah. four, which at that point. Yes, I want to watch it because I love baseball. I wouldn't consider that like winning the World Series, though. It'd be like you won the quarantine tournament, which is cool. Only one person's ever going to get to have that. But it's yeah. not the same to me as winning a World Series. Yeah, true. But, but it's, I don't uh, know. The, is it, has, the, 
they've announced plans to maybe start playing, uh, to do the um, playing in uh, the spring training facilities with no audience. Uh, there still doesn't seem to be anything concrete. I'm following it every day. There's uh, Basically, the plan right now is if you want to go to early spring training, you can do it in the middle of June. Everybody's supposed to report for like the last week of June, and they want to have real games by July 2nd. They really, really want July 4th baseball. I did, yeah, I did get one update, friend, like a Yahoo News update, like Mitch McConnell, the Senate leader of uh, Congress, really wants baseball to come back. I'm like, what? what? Why? You, of all people. Yeah, Dan, yeah, it's just like, yo, bro, like, sh- shut up. You're not even going to help baseball. He has to have some self-awareness to know that if he starts being like pro-baseball, an entire group of people who don't give a fuck about baseball are going to be anti-baseball. So he should shut the fuck up. So I remember and, uh, when Congress got in, when there was like the big congressional hearing about steroids back in the day with Mark McGuire, Rafael Palmeira. I remember being really excited about it, but I didn't know anything about politics at the time. I was like, what, 12, 13, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I had no concept of what Congress's role, like, of Congress overstepping their bounds by getting involved in Major League Baseball, if that was a weird thing in any way. I was just like, yeah, we're going to find out the truth right now. I was excited about it. Now, in hindsight, I'm like, what the fuck was Congress doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll always, I mean, whatever all that bullshit was, it was worth it just for that picture of fucking Rafael Palmero with his finger just like, I didn't do it, like right yeah. in the judge's face. And Sammy Sosa <laughs> pretending like he doesn't speak English. <laughs> That was that has to be one of the weirdest trials. Was was it a trial or was it a hearing? It was, was a hearing. I don't even know. But now it's like this is like height of the Iraq War. What are you guys doing? <laughs> That's, that is the yeah. That is the bigger point. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And then the last little like stray note I have about it is I am down for the Astros and Dodgers being in the same division though. That would be fun to watch yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That would be fun. It's um I mean, yeah, the those are probably outside of the Yankees, the Yankees, Dodgers, and Astros, I think are probably the three most intriguing teams going into the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's – I feel so hard for anybody. Like Vince Carter is the most notable person, but anybody who this would have been their last year, it, I feel so bad for that. Like that sucks. That sucks yeah. so much. I am so, – I'm glad there was at least a couple of games in January and February because uh, Vince Carter is now like the only NBA player ever uh, to play in four decades. So he did get that. Yeah, I sent you that stat that Vince Carter has played against 30% of the NBA. That's just insane. Ever. Yeah. 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 He was one of my – When I remember when the Nets traded for him from or signed him from the Raptors being so hyped, thinking like, this is it. This is the missing piece. Like, we're finally going to get there. And it didn't work out like that. But as the, the Vince Carter is the only middle ground Nets and Raptors fans have because I don't – it is not the Knicks. We hate the fucking Raptors. The Nets' yeah. rival is the Toronto Raptors. I hate the fucking Raptors. The Knicks are like an afterthought to me. Like it, it almost doesn't feel like it. Almost feels like how the Yankees and Mets are. I, I know it's not like that. Yeah. But it's like this is so irrelevant to any of our. All of our failures have come at the hands of either the Spurs, Lakers, Raptors, or Pistons. So those yeah, are the teams I that don't, I don't. I don't hate the Nets in any way. I mean, I feel like Mets fans hate Yankees fans. Knicks fans and Nets fans. It doesn't seem to be. That much, or if uh, if anything, I would be more anti the uh, Celtics. But it's tough to hate the Celtics for me because they've had start. Larry Bird is one of my favorite players ever. I also feel similarly that 
maybe it's the green. Maybe I just really dislike the color red, but whatever it is, it's like uh, the Celtics to me aren't anywhere near as annoying as the Red Sox are or the Patriots. Yeah, it's uh, the um, – and the Bruins also – the Celtics are the hardest to hate, I think, for me of all Boston sports teams. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that because Larry Bird – is uh, an all-time legend. Funny off the court, dominant on the court. You really can't ask for much more. Yeah, I'm sure. I w- I definitely had a thing against the Pacers for a while because of uh, the Knicks mm. and the Pacers had a big rivalry when I was a kid. But um, once the uh, fight at Palace and Auburn Hills happened, I was like, <laughs> "Fuck yeah, I like both of these teams, Pistons and Pacers." Uh, Malice in the Palace, best basketball fight of that era for sure. Uh, but this kind of leads us into our other thing because, do you have any animosity against the Bulls? Because there was just a whole last dance about the Knicks Bulls rivalry. Yeah, we uh, yeah we haven't talked. Yeah, the last dance has been on. Um, no, there wasn't really much of a rivalry between them and the Knicks. I don't feel it was. Uh, well, they were they're pushing it now in the doc. They're trying to be like there was this thing with them and the Knicks in '98. Okay, well, I haven't seen the. Uh, I've only seen up to episode four. Had five and six. I think they're coming out um, by tonight. the time this uh, episode comes out, they'll be out already. Um, I think it's tonight. Yeah, it is. We're recording on Sunday. It's it's a. Uh, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Rick and Morty. D- bros everywhere rejoicing. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, I um, I don't know. I never felt uh, animosity towards the Bulls. Uh, the Knicks made the finals the year after the Bulls won their last championship in 99. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, 98, the Bulls were already this, like, legendary team. And, uh, yeah, 98, I don't think I was looking at the Knicks like a definite championship team. It was like... At that point, it was who's going to get to lose to the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael, I wasn't old enough. I was alive, but I wasn't old enough to be into basketball until Jordan was retired. I remember him coming out of retirement to be a wizard when I was, like, sitting down and watching SportsCenter before school every day. But his era was just before I was, like, really conscious and following sports. Uh, so this doc has been fun for me because, like, I know the big stories, but I don't know the little stories. So that it's been thing fun is, to find those. Yeah, for me, it was uh, Jordan happened when I was watching sports, but not aware of all the behind-the-scenes stuff in sports. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. know anything about contract negotiations when I was uh, eight years old. Yeah, but mostly. I mean, I was of the age where my first exposure to Michael Jordan was Space Jam. Yeah, me too. Which it doesn't hold up at all. I don't know when the last time you saw that movie is. It's an it's an eighty minute long Nike ad. Uh, I haven't <laughs> seen it in a while, but I'm not going to because I don't want to like it any less than I do right now. It's smart. No, let let the memory live. Yeah, <laughs> like don't don't go back and taint it. They uh, put out the poster for LeBron James's Space Jam this yeah. week. Oh yeah, I heard about it. It's gonna have, uh, LeBron posted a picture. It's got a different name. Space. What was it called? It's like Space Jam like full court press or something stupid like that. Yeah, I don't remember exactly but, what it was, but I will say LeBron a, Space Jam 2, a new legacy. A new legacy, yeah. LeBron, I would say by the time LeBron came into the league, I was very aware of uh I was like my teens at that point. So I was able to follow LeBron's career and everything being said about him a lot better than Jordan's. Um, when Jordan would, I watched basketball and I was always, Jordan is the best player and I would watch and he played like he was the best player. And that was kind of all I knew. 
I got exposed to LeBron James actually kind of in a cool way because I, we, my, uh, it was my dad's idea, but my whole family every summer used to pick a new American city and go see the Yankees play in a way series there to try to just like take in as many ballparks and cities as we could. Yeah. And the first one we ever did this with – oh, also, by the way, we dragged my sister who could not give a fuck about baseball every time. Like, <laughs> the, the, the last couple were just me and my dad to, like, save my sister. But either way, these are fun memories. The first one we ever did was Cleveland, and it was LeBron's rookie year. And we're walking, and I see this bar with this huge sign outside, and it's got a countdown on it. And it says 912 days till we buy LeBron James his first drink. Oh, and, that's great. And uh, I, I just was like, asked my dad, I was like, what's that all about? And he like explained like, oh, there's this kid who's like came just out of high school and he's supposed to be like the next Michael Jordan. And that, but I'll, I can like remember the sign so clearly being like, wow, that guy must be awesome if they're like counting that down from that far away to buy him a beer. Like, Yeah, my earliest memories of basketball, of being really into it and knowing what was going on was the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe. Yeah, mine was when the Nets made the finals. I wa- I listened on the radio as I was falling asleep before like first grade. Yeah, and uh, they got creamed. Well, that's what I was gonna say also about Vince Carter. I loved Vince Carter. The Raptors, I always thought were a cool team. They were my brother's favorite basketball team. He doesn't know about basketball at all, but we just loved Jurassic Park. Yeah, and- no. The or I've always said like it. It always makes me laugh. Like if a different movie had come out, they'd have a completely different franchise history. Yeah. It was only because it was '94. But Vince Carter, I absolutely loved him, and I've watched back and like read back about how him and Toronto had a really bad falling out, and there was all this controversy about him. And I'm like, well, I wasn't really a Raptors fan. I just liked his dunks. Oh, I, you know, I'm not really even sure about any controversy. I, I haven't looked into those stories. No, but it was like, apparent, say- there was stuff about him um, wanting to be out of there and uh, having disagreements with management. There were even rumors that he was like telling the opponents the play beforehand to tip them off so they could stop it, to like, almost like sabotaging games. I don't know how true it is, but that's what's out there. Well, if he was doing it to the Raptors, I guess I can forgive him. But uh, <laughs> at the same time... Uh, just thinking about that, like, can you imagine if they made like a new team right now and they were like, "Oh, hi, we're the Nashville Spidermen," because it's just like that, that, that's the the most popular movie out right now. Like, I think that's it would crazy. be more like if there was a team named the Dragons because of Game of Thrones. Okay, that is a much more comparable. Yeah, there's not going to be like the Vancouver Doctor Strange's. Yes, <laughs> there may be. A, there could be a uh, the uh, the Montreal Avengers. That. Honestly, I'm shocked that that's not what like Vegas named the hockey team or something just for the oh, sake yeah. of. <laughs> well, there's the Vegas uh, Golden Knights and there's the Las Vegas Raiders now in football. Um, Is that official? Yeah, they were supposed to. They're playing there this year if football season still happens. It's the Las Vegas Raiders, but there's. I mean, no- I, I'm not surprised. Because in October I was in Las Vegas, and in the airport they had a Raiders store, and the word Oakland was on none of the stuff, but neither was the word Las Vegas. It was generic Raiders gear. It didn't say Mm. Oakland anywhere. So you could tell they were, like, hedging their bets. I It's Vegas. Of course they knew how to bet it right. I guess. (laughs) There's no baseball or basketball team in Vegas, although when I played uh, NBA 2K and played Years into the Future, I relocated the Orlando Magic and made it the Las Vegas Magic, which I still think is a great idea. Oh, yeah. I I remember um, when they were trying to pick the hockey team, 
they had built the T-Mobile arena. I was in Vegas a different time. And we were watching the um, UFC 201 at MGM. And we were trying to talk with the people sitting around us about what the name should be. And I was like, they should be the Las Vegas Blackjacks. Like, that's so cool. Like, it's based on the thing. And then some guy from Canada looked at me. He's like, mate, your buddy, you, you can't have a team where you shorten it to the Blacks. I'm not going to be standing there like, go Blacks. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, they could that's just, fair. They could, say ja- <laughs> they could also just say Jacks. There's the Chicago Blackhawks, <laughs> and they call them the Hawks. So. That was sort of my counter argument, but he was so emphatic about it that, like, I was like, you know what? He's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I mean, if it is a basketball, uh, if it was a basketball team, it would make sense if you're saying "Go Blacks." <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, uh, uh, and actually, there's no real transition into that. Um, I don't know. I was about to be what? very curious where you were going to go. Speaking of Blacks. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I could just pick anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Aaron Gordon put out a diss track against Dwayne Wade. Yeah, see, that has to do with the blacks. Yeah, D- <laughs> Dwayne Wade, though, is a terrible person to go at. It's like trying to write a diss track against Eminem. Like, Dwayne Wade is smart and funny and, like, very confident, has won lots of toys. He's not an easy person to go at. What are you going to diss Dwayne Wade about, that he misjudged the dunk contest? He doesn't give a fuck. That seems to be <laughs> what he what, what the diss track, the point of the diss track was. Yeah, but, so that's why he wrote it in the first place, but then you, you have to come up with a whole song of insults about him. Like, there's not, what are you going to go at him for? If this was the 90s, you could have gone at him that his kid is changing genders but now if you did that you'd be kicked out of the league immediately and yeah. it's like not even like a thing he did you can't there's no what are you going to go at Dwayne Wade about he it won is, it before LeBron got there and then he won way more with LeBron so you can't do that yeah it is pretty insane if you listen to old diss tracks it's literally all just you're gay <laughs> oh yeah uh, the one of the most famous diss tracks of all time is literally called no Vaseline because Ice Cube's gonna fuck the rest of NWA with no Vaseline yeah um <laughs> Yeah, I remember um, when John Cena in WWE was doing freestyle raps, he was dissing his opponents, and everything would just be a pun about the other guy being gay. Yeah, I mean, that's why Eminem fell off. That was his bread and butter. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What else we got? What else do we got? I mean, there's a couple. uh, Did you see any of the Ocho coverage on ESPN? No. No, ESPN yesterday, yesterday recording time so saturday uh may 2nd they turned espn into the ocho like from dodgeball and they only played obscure sports all day really whoa wow what did they play any major league eating yes they uh they played a burger eating contest oh hell yeah who was in it do you Um, did you watch it, no, I didn't get to see that specific one because it was like a 24-hour thing. They played – it was like the best burger-eating contest. It was like the rerun of the 2007 Crystal Sliders-eating competition or something. Okay. Um, but they opened it up with that guy Thor something Swedish-sounding last name. He broke the world deadlift record. He deadlifted over 1,000 pounds on live TV. Damn. And then it went um, professional arm wrestling, burger-eating – Cheese rolling, frog jumping, Japanese monster wrestling, Tetris, golden tea, that golf game with the sliding ball from bars. Wait, what, what kind of Japanese wrestling did you say? Japanese monster wrestling. 
Japanese monster wrestling. So what does that mean? Like, to, did they create monsters and have them wrestle? Um, if I had to guess, I think it's people dressed like Godzilla and Mothra fighting each other. <laughs> but I didn't get to see that either. Um, what else did they have here? Stone skipping. Nice. Uh, cherry pit spitting. Dodge juggle, which... <laughs> Is dodgeball with juggling, mini golf, stupid robot fighting league, sign spinning championships, marble runs, lawnmower racing, slippery stairs, and death diving. Hell yeah. That seems like, man, I wish I knew that was happening. I would have watched. Me too. I found out about it halfway through and I started watching some of them. But really, the whole time I was thinking, make this a fucking real channel. Oh, absolutely. Why not? Yeah. Have a, have a channel that, that takes this stuff. See, how much could it cost? If the events are happening anyway, how much could it cost to broadcast them? Like, just fucking do it. I'd rather, if I was bored, I would rather turn on that on than SportsCenter for the third time that day. Yeah, absolutely. If that was just a 24-hour thing going, like, uh, and just basically like what C-SPAN is, but for obscure sports. Fucking exactly, yes, that's that would be the pitch basically. It's just like you could tune in at any time. You never know what the fuck you're gonna be watching. It's just like all kinds of. And they had other ones that I'd even uh, get. Like they also had like spike ball. You ever see that? It's like a backyard game. There's like a trampoline and four people are standing around it with like a miniature soccer ball, and you have to sort of like it's like a combination of four square, but you could only bounce it off the trampoline in the middle. I did. I've never seen that before. But all this stuff. It's like a like, beach game. I mean. It, I hope John Anderson is hosting it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know who got to do all the different things, and they played the movie Dodgeball at the beginning and end of it. Like, they gave them the credit of, like, coming up with the name, like, Ocho right. and the whole idea of it. That's um, great. Yeah. Uh, the Michael Jordan doc broke Tiger King's record for most watched doc. Forgot to say that when we were talking about it. Well, how is uh, how do they count the numbers on Netflix versus people watching on TV versus on ESPN Plus? It seems like difficult to be able to calculate that. Just in terms of total views, the the, the numbers yeah. that they have right now, people tuning in, it is like one of the most watched documentaries ever. Which leads me to the last thing that uh, I have about the doc. Um, Ken Burns hates that documentary, and I think that's hilarious. Really. He's yeah. He calls it nostalgia porn. It's popcorn bullshit. It's like not diving into any kind of real deep problems with Jordan. It's it's like he's like this is a one sided farce. He's like so pissed, and I love that because he's that's like hilarious. The guy. <laughs> he's the guy. So that's that. We'll have more episodes of that to talk about. I had an idea potentially for another standalone episode based on a stat I read this week. Yeah. Did you know? That three-pitch innings are rarer than no-hitters. Three-pitch innings? Yes. More rare than no-hitters. Wow. 187 to 302 recorded in Major League Baseball history. Wow. I mean, I don't know if we can go through 187 of them. Maybe we'll look through and see some of the famous ones. Yeah, the notable ones. Three-pitch innings. And we can see who was involved. That is is just crazy. Yeah, and if you play MLB The Show, you'd think they happen all the time. <laughs> but yes, I guess. yeah. Didn't you tell me there was an MLB The Show tournament happening now? Yep, and that's what – thank you for the amazing transition. 
There was a players tournament of MLB The Show where every team had to select a person to represent them. And they did like a full world. They had a season. They played like 35 games in the season, made a playoffs, had it. And the championship was last night. So a couple stray notes about this. Blake Snell won. Okay. Blake Snell is without a doubt the best MLB The Show player in the league. He dominated the regular season. He went 26 and 5. Had the wow. best record in the regular season or 24 and 5, excuse me. He had the best record in the regular season and he took down Lucas Giolito from the uh, White Sox in the final. Wow. Blake Snell, congratulations. Being the best quarantine huge- baseball player. I'm a huge Blake Snell fan now because he is so fun on the live streams too. He is very funny. He's like telling stories about other players. He, I don't know if I told it on the podcast, but someone asked him, who's your least favorite person to pitch to? And he's like, oh, easy. It's Aaron Judge. That fucker's too tall and he's my boy. So he's always fucking smiling at me. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm trying to be serious right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I love that. Like, that made him, like, he endeared himself to me in a big way. But a couple other notes about this. The worst player in the league was easily Eduardo Rodriguez from the Boston Red Sox, who posted a remarkable 2-27 and record over the course of this. <laughs> I'm, glad was, it's a, I'm glad it's someone on the Red Sox. Me too. That's what made me smile. David Dahl from the uh, Colorado Rockies also played terribly, went 6-23, and and officially announced his retirement from MLB The Show last night. Oh, God. That's brutal. Um, second place in the regular season was Joey Gallo mm. from the Rangers. Gallo had a rough playoff appearance. He gets there into the quarterfinals, and Ian Happ from the Cubs upsets him and takes him out as the second seed. Ian Happ came so close to making the finals against Giolito, but he did not get there. Mm. Jeff McNeil from the Mets was who uh, Snell had to take down. And then nice. uh, our, our guy, Tommy Canely, was the best guy who didn't make the playoffs. Top eight made it, and he came in ninth. Uh, okay, I mean, it sounds like they're doing fun stuff. All the sports are kind of – I mean, I haven't heard much about – What's going on with hockey players has been like uh, they're not doing an NHL tournament or anything. But, yeah, for the most part, there's not a lot happening, but enough for us to talk an hour about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I only have uh, like one or two more things here. Um, One of them is actually like was a big news story. But if you only read the headlines, you don't know the story at all. So CNN puts out this huge headline, Judge Dismisses U.S. Women's National Team's Pay Discrepancy Case. So you know how the women were suing because they thought they were, like, getting paid less than the men's soccer team, but even though they, they're, like, better? Yeah, I know. Women were complaining about something. It's a big news the story. Ju- the judge dismissed the case on the grounds that they already make more money than the men. Like, if you go through it, they play more games and make more money over the course of a year than the men's players. And what it really comes down to is they have different collective bargaining agreements. And the women actively turned down the bargaining agreement that the men had. So they could have had the same one. They decided to go a different way. The women have a better deal. They get paid if they don't play the matches. The men don't get paid for matches they don't play. Like, they actively chose this five years ago. And headline culture is trying to make it seem like it's some big sexism thing. But really, 
it's just this weird discrepancy of like, no, you guys just have different bargaining agreements and like these are completely different structured leagues. Like you might as well be an accountant pissed that like athletes are making more money than you. It doesn't, it, it's a completely different thing. So I'm, yeah. you know, the headline culture got out of control this week on that. And then uh, two, two people who I uh, never, ever, ever want to piss off. Um, Araldus Chapman and Mike Tyson both look like gods this week still. Oh, I didn't see anything about Tyson. I've seen Araldus oh, Chapman looking jacked. Oh, my God. Tyson announced that he's going to do some fights for charity, and he started training, and he posted one of the training videos. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's That's... still deadly. Like, he's, he could kill almost anyone, I think, still. didn't He also had some pet tigers, too. I wonder what he thinks about Tiger King. Yeah, yeah, he's a, and he's got weird tattoos. It's weird that he wasn't at least interviewed. Yeah, just for some context on what it's like to be a crazy person. Yeah, but no, Chapman awesome. is posting got, a couple. Yeah, I gotta yeah. look. Chapman up has a couple stuff. more. And uh, just uh, one last thing. Uh, you know, good good thoughts. However, you like to say it, prayers up. It is for Trey Mancini, a good dude who got some real bad news this week. Baseball, the fans love him. He's a class act guy. Good yeah. oil, good baseball is, uh, player. He's diagnosed with cancer and is, uh, yeah, it's it, um, it, it, it's bad too. He's got stage three colon cancer, and the younger you are, the worse that is. And it, it, he he put out an article on the Athletic this week that was like very reminiscent of Lou Gehrig's speech. It's called like "I'm so lucky," and and it, it's somebody that understands like he needs a miracle and just you know good energy to Trey Mancini because he's a good dude who doesn't deserve that shit. Yeah. Uh, and not to end on a down note, Manny Ramirez thinks he can play baseball at 48. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. It's Manny being Manny. <laughs> he wants to be Manny in Taiwan. And he took a batting practice session that did look impressive. It's not, you know, hitting the ball was never his problem. Yeah, it was uh, pretty much everything around playing uh, baseball. <laughs> yeah. So uh, – that's that's everything I got on the uh, the topics list. Yeah, uh, still been an interesting week. We um, we uh, if you listen to this, you'll we already have three parts out for our sportscaster bracket. Next episode we're gonna do is gonna be the final four. We're gonna pick our best sportscaster, and we'll go through all the feedback we've gotten also after the first few episodes. So send us tweets at who's on first pod one. Uh, we're on Instagram with the same handle. Uh, let us know what you think about the sportscasters bracket and other favorite sportscasters of yours. We're gonna have we had a lot of fun going through it. We'll have some fun wrapping it up next week. Yeah, I my my dad was telling me that Michael K and Mike Francesa are big enough rivals that if we tweet Michael K that he beat Francesa, he'll probably respond to us. That's probably <laughs> true. Yeah. So keep an eye out for our. Uh, our social media presence, because I also think Rachel Nichols will will like at least a tweet, maybe. I hope so. <laughs> all right, thank all you guys. Right. Thank you guys for listening, and I uh, hope you're all staying safe in quarantine. Absolutely. See you guys soon.